Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So I I do want to talk about this series, um, Growing Under Pressure. Um, We're in the the, Our Planting the Future campaign for the year. Um, And how many know that sometimes growth has growing pains? You want me to say that again? That sometimes growth has growing pains. And so I want to tackle this idea of growing under pressure. And we're going to be in James chapter 1, verse 2. And for this particular verse, I'm going to be in the message translation. I'm not a big message translation guy. Um, but for this particular verse, I love the description, the description and, the, and the, the illustration that it paints for us. So we're going to read, and then we're going to dive into it. You ready? I don't see any smiles. I mean, let me know that you're actually excited by smiling. Okay, there you go. Perfect. All right. James chapter 1, verse 2, and it says this. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Consider it a gift when tests and challenges come. A gift. A gift? I love that language. Consider it a gift you know that under pressure, someone say under pressure, pressure. your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. That's James, the message translation. Under pressure. Under pressure, other versions say the trying of your faith. I love that as well. But this version says under pressure. The verse, I love it, it's implying that there's going to be times in our lives where what we say we believe and what we sing about on Sunday morning is going to be tested and going to be forced, it says, forced out into the open and revealed for what it really is. There's going to be times where what you say you believe is actually going to be proven. And the catalyst of this event is going to come in the form of pressure. Pressure where what's inside of us is going to be forced to the surface. And it says, it says, don't try anything prematurely. Why? Let it do its work. Let it do its work. James is telling us that pressure... And testing actually has a job to do in your life. People are getting upset already. (laughs) Hey, I didn't write it. This is James. He wrote it. You got a problem when you get to heaven, take it up with him. He, in a sense, is telling us that God is employing pressure in our life for a specific Reason And then it says, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. And I like that. Prematurely is another word. Another way to say prematurely is before maturity. Don't try to get out of it before it's matured you. So in a sense, it's also saying that if you decide to get out of it, you're deciding to stay in immaturity. Oh, man, this is going to be a good service. Woo! You see, if you avoid 
or run from pressure too early, you're actually avoiding the very thing that God is sending to mature you. This is really good. Who said that? Yeah, I mean, this is good. I mean, it's God's word. I mean, it should be good, right? I mean, honestly, they give us, they give us preachers too, too much credit, you know? We're actually just reading the word. That's all we're doing, right? So he's saying that God is using pressure to mature you. You, right? So God wants us to have a faith that's both mature and fully developed. And apparently, pressure has something to do with us being well-developed, not deficient. And if we're going to grow, mature, and fully develop, develop under, as believers, we're going to have to learn how, ready for this, to embrace pressure. Embrace pressure. Now, there are many believers that I know, and you probably know, who are in the same place today as they were years ago, because instead of embracing pressure, they ran from pressure, right? And they haven't embraced the very mechanism that God is using to bring about maturity in their life. How many know growth involves growing pains, right? This is true physically. If you have kids, mommy leg hurts. Or if you're working out, my chest hurts, right? It's true relationally. All the married couple said, Right. It's true relationally that sometimes growth in relationships causes pain. It's true mentally. It's true organizationally. As we grow as a church, or if you have a business, if you're trying to grow that business, as you, pretend, as you, as you attempt to grow, your business comes through pressure or pain. And it's the same thing spiritually. But for some reason, when God wants to bring about growth in our life spiritually, we avoid it. We run away. We push it. We don't recognize it. We don't recognize it. Are you with me? And see, contrary to public opinion and cultural ideologies, pressure is not a bad thing. Like, and we've created this version of Christianity, I feel like, where if I'm uncomfortable, and if I feel under pressure, and if I'm anxious or I'm stressed, it must not be God. Or, or if the scenario is perfectly ideal, I, ideal and all my appeals, and all my, my, all my preferences, and all my wants, and all my desires are being appealed to, oh, then it's God. Then it must be God, because I'm happy. Right? The problem with that Christianity is I just, I, you know, I read this book a lot and I just don't see it in here. You know what I do see? I see men and women of God, despite their preferences, despite setbacks, despite disappointments, despite difficulty, believing God, standing firm under pressure, and having their faith bear fruit so that other people can get saved. That's what I see. That's the Christianity that I see. I see a Savior in the garden sweating drops of blood because of the pressure that was on him to fulfill the will of God. To fulfill the will of God in your life, newsflash, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable. And you might be stressed, but you're going to grow. But you're going to be fulfilled. But you're going to have purpose. Are you with me? Come on, look at your neighbor. Tell him it's good. See, the problem... In the Bible, is that pressure, testing, stress is actually a tool used by God to prepare people. It has a job to do in our life. And often, 
what I feel like what makes pressure bad in our lives is our reaction to it. So pressure comes in our life and we don't like a certain situation or a certain person. And everyone said? Or a certain circumstance. And pressure comes and we don't like what comes out of us. So rather than change us, we just avoid the situation. They must be bad. It's not me. Rather than not allowing someone or something or anything to have power over me. So rather than look at ourselves and what's coming out of us, we look at the other person. We say, oh, they're messed up. Oh, this, this, this is not God. Oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Or this is blah, 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 blah. Whatever it is that we say. We all have different things that we say. And we look at them, but we don't look internally. We don't look internally. If I curse someone out and forfeit my peace every time they mistreat me, is there something wrong with me or is there something wrong with them? Should I be mad at them or should I be mad at my reaction to them? Like sometimes we just got to get above stuff. Are you with me? Sometimes I just got to get above the catty, immature behavior and live above it so I can actually be an example. I cannot let people pull me down into catty, immature gossip and thinking and mentalities that are not going to bear any fruit in our life or our family or our community. I can't do it. I can't, I gotta live above it. Come on, tell your neighbor, live above it. Live above it. Live above it. Right? Pressure forces what's inside of us to come to the surface. It squeezes us. Pressure squeezes us, and what's gonna come out of us is either what God, what we've allowed God to put inside of us or us. And I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes I shouldn't come out. <laughs> Has anyone ever said things that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a nasty person. That was crazy. Right, so pressure, and God will allow situations in your life to squeeze you to see what comes out. You're like, oh, let's just see, I know, man, you know, Sterling, he's talking a good game. He's real spiritual. He's going to church. Let's see if we mistreat him, how he behaves. And then people mistreat us, and then what comes out is passive-aggressive behavior. <laughs> or people mistreat us, or we don't agree with authority, and we act prideful because we don't agree with authority. Or our expectations aren't met, and we respond with aggression or anger. Or we're struggling financially, and we just stop giving and we start cheating people. And so the situation, we know what the Bible says, but the pressure is revealing to us that maybe the word of God is in our head and not in our heart. Oh, snap. So pressure is not wrong, but often what pressure reveals in us is wrong. Don't believe me, read your Bible. Read your Bible, you will see God putting men and women that he desired, he desired to use in life, putting them in situations that squeezed them. Squeezed them. Are you, I, I love uh, the book of Daniel. Uh, and in Daniel chapter 3, it talks about a really pressure-filled situation. And you probably heard of you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I heard of a coffee company one time called Shadrach, Meshach, and a bean to go. That was pretty cool. Um, but it was Shadrach... <laughs> 
Christian humor, you know. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, the king in, in, in Babylon, he erected this golden image. And he said, whenever the music is played in the land of Babylon, you are to bow and worship my false image. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had a stiff neck. They were a little bold. And they said, no, I'm not doing that. And so what Nebuchadnezzar did was he said, okay, well, if you don't bow, I'm going to actually stick you in this fiery furnace and you're going to burn. You're going to die. Like he's not just going to shoot him or stab him. He's going to put him in a furnace. And so he gave them one last chance to bow and they said, no, we're not going to bow. God's going to deliver us. And if he doesn't deliver us, we're going to die. We're going to die believing what we believe. And we're not going to allow you to let us compromise our faith. And he says, okay. And so Nebuchadnezzar cranks the furnace up seven times hotter. And it's so hot that the Bible says that the people who actually bound the Hebrew boys in the chains or in the ropes, they actually brought them up to the furnace and they died because they got close to it. Right? And if you read the scripture and you read the story, it's an awesome story. Read it. It's awesome. You find that they prayed... But God didn't deliver them from the furnace. He didn't deliver them from the fire. Sometimes God doesn't deliver us from furnaces. He delivers us in furnaces. Some God, does, God doesn't deliver you from pressure. He delivers you in pressure. And so we, as a society, we're so interested in being delivered. Deliver me from this situation. Deliver me from this situation. But you know what? God is more interested in transformation than he is with deliverance. And so what he does is, oh, you know what? Okay, I'm going to crank up that fire a little bit hotter. I'm going to leave him or her under pressure just a little bit longer because I have a purpose. I have something I want to accomplish in their life and I'm not going to accomplish it if I just rescue them all the time are you with me oh so we're asking God to deliver us from uncomfortable situations and God's like eh, no no you know what instead of delivering them from I'm going to deliver them in but you know what just like what happened in Daniel when Nebuchadnezzar looked in the furnace he didn't see three boys he saw a fourth one he saw a Christophany, or Jesus, appearing in the Old Testament, walking around the furnace with the three boys. And the message is, is that sometimes God doesn't deliver us from pressure. He delivers us in pressure, but then he joins us in the pressure and says, you're not going to have to face this alone. You're not going to go through this alone. Sometimes the God that we've yet to experience is in the pressure that we've been avoiding. We want to see God in a new way. We want to see God in a new level. Okay? Join Him in pressure. Yes. He's waiting for you in the furnace. Yes. He's like, you want to be mature? You want to grow? Come to me. Come to me. I got you. Watch what I can do. Watch what I can do. And of course, Nebuchadnezzar actually gets saved. Right? The whole community changes. Nebuchadnezzar goes, God is the only God. God, this, this Babylonian, like, pagan king, he's saying, wow, God is real. Because of the way the Christians responded to pressure. Sometimes what you go through isn't just about you. It's about the people watching you. Come on. Woo, aren't you glad you came to church today? God's like, I'm not going to deliver you from something that I'm intending to mature you with. Are you with me? And if you keep running from or avoiding a pressure situation, you will stay in the exact same spot for years because when God is trying to deal with something in your life, He's not going to stop just because you're not in the mood. 
And every time you want to move forward in your calling and move forward in the dreams and the promises that God has promised you and put before you, you're going to try another route. And he's going to be like, no, actually, we need to pass this test first. You know those people that keep offending you and saying things to you that you don't like? Yeah, you're going to have to walk in forgiveness and love. And you're not going to move past this spot until you learn how to walk in forgiveness and love. So we can either do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way. But you better learn how to mature and grow. Woo! Everyone who knows God, say amen. amen. Man, prolonged seasons of pressure, trial, difficulty. Sometimes they're not a sign of disobedience. They're not a sign of sin in your life, but a deep work of transformation that God is trying to do in your life. And I found that the longer the season of pressure, the greater the calling and the reward. Because God is not just trying to abuse us to abuse us. He's not trying to shame us. He's not trying to discourage us. He wants to prepare us. Are you with me? So if you're here today and you're wondering, well, why isn't God hearing me? Why isn't my situation changing? I've been praying for years. I've been going through this situation for years. And I've learned that God will leave us sometimes in the same place, sometimes under intense pressure because he's cooking up something good. Anyone have a pressure cooker? What happens if you take the lid off too soon? You spoil the food. You leave that mess in there for, the long, for a long time and you allow, you allow that pressure to do its work. You may have to wait a long time, but it's going to taste good. Are you with me? Are you with me? Some of us want more of God, but he's waiting for us to join him in the furnace. The miracle you've been waiting for, the encounter you've been longing for, the deliverance you've been seeking, maybe it's in the pressure that you've been avoiding. Jesus is in the pressure. The good thing about Jesus is that he went through pressure so he knows how to relate to pressure so he can actually minister to you when you're in pressure. I love that we don't have a Savior who doesn't ask us to do things that he himself is not willing to do. I always get tripped out like whenever I ask someone to do something that I, I would definitely do or I have done, and they're like, nah, I don't want to do that. But I'm not asking you to sin. I'm not asking you. I'm, 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 I'm trying to grow the kingdom. Like it always ships me, nah, I'm not comfortable with that. What are you comfortable with? Because last time I checked, God does not use my comfort. He uses my obedience. Ah, oh, Three things pressure accomplishes in us. Are you ready? I did this, all, some of this stuff wasn't in my notes. It's just coming out. I don't know where it's coming from. But listen, three things that pressure accomplishes in us. Are you ready? Do you want them? Yes. Babe, start the car. Do you want them? <laughs> the first is pressure reveals us to us. Yes. Pressure yes. reveals us to us. I love what Lisa Bevere said. She, goes, who, she said, who you are under pressure is actually who you are. Snap. Yeah, who you are under pressure, that's the real you. That's the real you. Pressure is a revealer of where you are spiritually, mentally, and from a maturity perspective. If your current level of faith disappears when times of pressure, God is showing you that you have work to do. Are you with me? I thought I was pretty patient until I had kids. In fact, I used to judge other parents who had kids and their performance as parents. 
Like I used to see those parents walking around the mall with the leashes, you know, you had the leashes on their kids. I'm like, I will never do that to my kid. And then I had Ruby. And I'm like, do you know the cattle rod? Like, you know, like, the only kid, I'm gonna, don't call DCF or whatever it is. I'm just kidding. But like, I thought I was patient until I had kids. Like, I love when people who don't have kids try to give you advice on how to raise your kids. Yes. I'm like, in this case, experience kind of trumps your opinion. So, right? Like, I, I thought that I was a great listener until I got married. <laughs> and the pressure, my, my wife sometimes has to tell me things like six times. And then I have to ask for grace because she's like, I told you this already twice. <laughs> I'm like, I got stuff, I'm thinking about stuff, babe. I got a lot on my mind. Like I thought I was a good listener until the pressure of marriage revealed to me that I have work to do. I thought I was a responsible person until I got a job that was highly demanding. Yep. And then I realized that my current level of responsibility is not good enough and I need to grow. Right? I thought I was pretty respectful and surrendered until I got put under leadership that I disagreed with. Now, it used to be like, ah, forget it, I'm not going to go there. All right. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know about you, but like, man, it's, it was cold in here, now it's warm in here. But it's, thank you for bearing with us. Uh, yeah, fiery furnace. Ah! <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know about you, but like, I feel pretty spiritual when things are calm and tranquil. Yep. Like, we were just on vacation. I was walking with the Lord <laughs> on the beach getting divine revelation, not a care in the world. I was on a cloud. I was, I'm pretty spiritual when things are tranquil. I really am. Like, like you want to talk to me when things are peaceful and calm. Because I'm, me and God, we're like this, right? See, the more tranquil I feel and the more comfortable I am, the more spiritual I feel. But I've learned that if I can't have the same level of faith when life and circumstances or people put pressure on me, then my faith is actually very unusable. Like, if I need to be on vacation to be spiritual, then that's not spiritual at all. Right? Like, the world is not looking at how we respond in times of blessing. It's looking at how we respond in times of chaos. Amen. Pressure reveals you to you. It reveals blind spots. It reveals deficiencies in character, faith. It, re it reveals if you're ready for more responsibility, more weight, more of God. It reveals if you can be trusted with more. Not to discredit you. And I love this about God. He will never reveal you to shame you. People will. People will uncover you to point at you and say, this is the reason why they're not worthy. This is the reason why they'll never make it. But God will never do that. Because he knows that you'll never make it by yourself anyway, so he wants to be joined to you. He reveals you, not to discredit you, not to shame you, but to humble you so that you ask him for assistance so that he can help you. Yes. Right? When, when I succeed in life, it can't be because of me. It has to be because of God. Like they don't need, The world does not need me and my gift. They need God in his presence. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. God never exposes us to shame us. People do that. 
God exposes us to love us more deeply. Are you with me? So pressure reveals us to us. The second thing that God, that pressure does is pressure refines us. Pressure refines us. See, after God reveals to us where we really are, he uses the pressure to grow us or mature us. Are you with me? Pressure makes us better. Um, so a couple days ago, two days ago, we had another raccoon in our attic. Anyone remember the last time I had raccoons in my attic? Some of you will. Like, it was an event. Like, I had a raccoon in my attic. I was, I, listen, I'm a city kid. I, did not want to, I don't know what to do with a raccoon. My first instinct was, let me at it. <laughs> like, you know? And then like, people were like, no, do not shoot up your attic. You cannot do that. Right? I didn't know what to do. Like, the, the raccoon was up there for a week and a half, and I was like, is it a male raccoon? I, I, I didn't know what to do. I was frozen, right? I, and then what I did was I ended up talking to everybody else about the situation, getting input, getting on it, before I just dealt with the issue. And then finally I dealt with the issue. By the time I dealt with the issue, the raccoon had babies. And I had to go up there by myself, by hand, and grab these little mother lovers, right? And put them in a... Put them in a, a <laughs> Yeah, you thought I was going to go there, but that's not what I did, see? And put them in a pillowcase and, and get the raccoons out of my attic. This time, I learned my lesson. We were up. My, my dog was barking all night. All night long, he's barking. And, and we're like, oh, my gosh, I have a raccoon in my attic. And so the next day comes around, and I'm like, okay, well, where's my cage? I, I'm going to catch this thing. I let my cage. I let somebody borrow it, Pastor G. I let someone borrow my cage. <laughs> But I couldn't find it. So I was tempted to procrastinate and wait another day. But then I remembered sticking my foot through the ceiling, trying to get these other babies. And I'm like, no. Today is the day. I said, babe, I'm going to Home Depot. I'm going to buy another cage. We have one. I don't care. I'm going to get this thing out of my attic. So she's like, well, let me see if someone. So she goes on Facebook. She puts a message. The McNeely's see my message. And they're like, hey, we have a cage. Sweet, I'll be right over. And we caught the thing that night. Because pressure teaches you to respond differently when you come through this. Has anyone been through the same trial over and over and over again? You know why that happens? Because you're not responding the right way. Same situation. Same circumstance, same person, same offense, because God is going to keep on circling it around, circling it around, circling it around until you act with maturity. Are you with me? God wants to grow you. He wants you to have strong faith. He wants you to have a pure heart. He wants his character to be formed in you. And so when we humble ourselves in pressure, he gives us what we need to succeed in pressure. When we humble ourselves in pressure, he gives us what we need to succeed in pressure. Pressure refines us. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4, but not only this, but we exalt in our tribulations, knowing that it brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And pressure will push you to a crossroads where you will either have to activate the word of God or stay stuck in the season where you're at. 
Pressure brings you to a crossroads where you either have to activate the word of God or stay stuck where you are for another season. Pressure activates the word of God in your life. It gets it from your head to your heart. It's one thing entirely to know the word. There's another thing to use the word. God never gave us his word so we can know it. He gave it to us so we can use it. Use it. Are you with me? Now, if you're going to live your life, live your life in the flesh, get by, get by by the skin of your teeth, you won't find much need for this. But if you want to walk by the Spirit, if you want to walk with God, you will need to live by and wield the Word of God in your life. This is your lifeline. This is your sword. This is your tool. This is your weapon. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, rulers of the darkness. This pierces the heavens. This changes situations. The spoken, word of, the spoken word of God in your life is the weapon that God has given you to deal with any circumstance in your life. we got to know it and use it. Know it and use it. Are you with me? So pressure, it reveals us to us. Second thing it does, it refines us. Pressure refines us. It makes us better. It purifies us. It matures us. Right? And that's the whole intent, so that we may be mature and fully developed, not deficient. Another version says not lacking anything. And the last thing it does, pressure prepares us and promotes us. It prepares us and promotes us. My Bible says that all things work together for good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. It says in, uh, in, I believe it's Ecclesiastes, that he makes all things beautiful in their time. So God always has the end result in mind. And so he's always trying to bring us to a good and perfect spot for our life. It doesn't mean that the process of getting there is going to be easy. In fact, it means the opposite. It's going to be deeply challenging. It's going to be the hardest thing you ever did. But it's meant to be so that when you get to the place where God wants you to be, you have the character to sustain it, sustain it and stay there. Are you with me? Pressure prepares us and promotes us. If you follow the story of any great man or woman that God used in the Bible, you will discover this pattern. Great pressure precedes Great purpose. Great pressure precedes great purpose. Are you with me? The greater the pressure, the greater the purpose. The greater the calling. You say, well, Pastor Pete, I don't think I have a great calling, Pastor Pete. I'm not called to be a a worship leader. I'm not called to be a pastor or a preacher. You know what? (laughs) There is no greater calling than representing Jesus Christ to the earth in our actions, behavior, speech, and attitude. Representing Jesus is the best and greatest calling that may be just to your family. But representing Jesus, regardless of the function, regardless of the title, we have platforms in Christianity. We tend to worship speakers and worship leaders and musicians. But you know what? Regardless of the function, a person that represents Jesus Christ in their everyday living is a person who will be honored in eternity. Are you with me? God does not love some well-known pastor more than he loves you. He wants you to represent him every day in your life, in your school, in your family, in your homes, at your jobs, in your sports, and wherever you are, he wants you to represent him. And I live for an audience of one. Are you with me? This is the end goal of pressure. Great character 
that can sustain a great calling. Great character that can sustain a great calling. I want to encourage you that in many ways our life is going to be defined by how well we embrace pressure. Our life is going to be defined by how well we embrace pressure. It says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6-11, through 11, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time... You know, God always has a proper time. It's usually not my time. But God always has a proper time, a right time, a God time. So at the proper time... He may exalt you. That's an interesting word. This verse is telling us that God actually desires to lift us up. He desires to promote us at the proper time. As we humble ourselves, He promotes us. Casting all your anxieties on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood around the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself, I love that. Like he's, I'm going to do this personally. I'm not going to send someone else. Will himself, Himself, restore, confirm, strengthen, and this is my favorite word, establish you. I don't know about you, I want to be established by God. I know if I'm established by God, no one can move me. No one can move me. This is one of the ways of God. It's not the way of culture. Culture will tell you to run from pressure. Avoid it. Get to your safe space. Get, get comfortable. Culture will tell you to avoid pressure situations, but the way of God is embrace pressure and change the situation. Are you with me? This is hard. And as, as we go through this, this is going to be hard because this, this approach to pressure and difficulty is so countercultural. It is so counter society where we're told to run, not be comfortable, stay comfortable, seek our own comfort. The, com the culture tells us to promote yourself, but the kingdom tells us to humble yourself. Right? The culture tells us, say what you feel, whatever you feel, in the moment, say what you feel. Right? But the word tells us to be slow to speak. Right? Express yourself. Whatever you say, just say it. Say it. Get your opinion out there. But in the scripture, it says to reflect Jesus with your actions and your speech and your words. In the world, it says take care of yourself. But in the kingdom, it says take care of your neighbor and esteem him as better than yourself. Our life will be defined by how, you can come, how we respond to pressure. How we respond the pressure. And over the next month, we're going to be learning keys and, and, and clues of how to handle pressure and how to grow in a way that's going to sustain a great calling on our life, right? Embrace pressure. Let it do its work to refine you, humble you, change you. And God, and God 
will build your life in a way you never thought possible. Come on, are you with me? Come on, you may stand. Come on, give God some praise. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.